As the new year approaches, you may be thinking about how the past year went and what the new year will bring. Maybe you're happy with the direction your life and your career are headed, or maybe you're ready to make some changes. Well, as 2022 winds down, I understand how easy it is to get caught up in the chaos of the holidays and fall into the trap of thinking that, ah, I'm just going to write December off as a loss. I'll just start fresh next year. Well, rather than simply taking a hiatus during the month of December, my team and I want to set you up for success when 2023 rolls around so you can consistently and sustainably take action towards your most important goals all year long. That's why we've carefully reviewed our entire podcast library of over 200 interviews to bring you what we believe are the top five best conversations that are going to help you design the more balanced, more productive, and more fulfilling and creative life that you deserve. If after listening to today's conversation, you are ready to design your plan for next year, but you need a little guidance and inspiration, we've got you covered. Simply visit optimizeyourself.me slash optimizer to learn more about what it might look like starting next year off, working together, transforming your dreams into your new reality. Without further ado, here's the first part of this five interview series with the legendary Tony Horton, creator of the best-selling home fitness program in history, P90X, who has also been my ninja mentor for the last four years, as well as a friend. This interview is from way back in the Optimize archives at the very beginning of our relationship, where Tony went in depth about how to define your purpose and start living large. You can find the original show notes for this interview at optimizeyourself.me slash episode 06. And if you enjoyed this conversation with Tony, you can also listen to another interview that we did that's available at optimizeyourself.me slash episode 98. I'm here today with none other than the Tony Horton, and I'm going to immediately drop a bombshell on my audience by letting them know that I'm speaking to potentially the laziest man on earth that, according to his wife, doesn't like to, to exercise. So, Tony, it's a pleasure to have you back on the show. Zach, how are you? Man, it's great to be here. I was going to say this morning, but I don't know if it's uh, when people hear this, it'll be in the morning. But thank you. Yeah, the laziest man on earth who hates to exercise. That's a that's a little hyperbole, but I would say that it's close. You know, I mean, most days I'm not that into it. Yeah, well, and I'm I'm basically using your words. Obviously, I'm making a joke because you're you know one of the fittest men on the planet, super motivational, have accomplished great things. But you you're self-deprecating, which is one of the reasons I love you. In your own introduction of your own course, you're like, listen, I'm a lazy guy. I'm a regular guy. Like you know, I just I wanna I wanna find some work-life balance and not push myself all the time. Like. That's why I gravitate to you. Like, and, and if I don't have the energy to get all the way through to the end of the show, it's because I just cranked out a bunch of 22-minute hardcore, which we'll get into a little bit because I want to make sure that people know about that program, which is quite possibly becoming one of my favorite programs of yours. And I've been around since the short shorts. I just want to make that very clear. I've been around since ah. the original, the Power 90, P90X, P90X2, P90X3. Like, I've been around for a while, gone through all these programs and 22-minute hardcores. Like, I remember doing P90X3, doing The Warrior and saying, man, if there were like a whole program that were just like the warrior, that would be awesome. And then I saw 22 minute hardcore. I'm like, Oh, he did it. Found it. I found yep. it. But anyway, I don't want to go too deep into the, the specifics of your exercise programs today. The reason I really want you on the show is because I want to help people listening get started. That first step is often so difficult for people. They feel overwhelmed. They don't know where to start. There are so many gurus and experts telling them how they're supposed to do it, the steps that they're supposed to follow. And I don't really ascribe to that philosophy. And I feel like getting started is simple, but it's not easy. And you've really kind of helped hone that formula and find a way to do it realistically. So let's just start talking a little bit about your brand new course, Living Large, and what steps people can take to just get started towards whatever their journey is. Maybe it's weight loss, maybe it's diet, whatever it might be. How do people get started? Well, you know, if you look at my course, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. It's called Living Large. I, I was up in Portland with Brendan Bouchard. A lot of people don't know who Brendan is, but, you know, Brendan is the number one online course developer in the world. He's worked with Oprah and Tony Robbins and Shalene Johnson and uh, Usher and Larry King and Ariana Huffington and me, lucky me. And, uh, you know, Brendan had read my book, The Big Picture, and he said, hey, there's a course in there. And let's pull out, you know, six different sections of the book and break them down into lessons, you know, maybe elaborate a little bit more when it comes to 
you know, what people need to do to kind of move forward, you know? And so, you know, this variety, consistency, intensity, uh, rest and relaxation, uh, progression, you know, there's the, the basic things that someone would, would need to be able to get unstuck in whatever category of their life it is. Maybe it's food or fitness or career or family or, you know, learning how to just sort of enjoy life more, you know, more love, laughter and uh, happiness and just sort of making, you know, making decisions, real decisions about what it is you need to do and look at these categories and really, you know, try to find an emotional attachment to parts of your life that, you, that are missing, you know, when you know there's an emptiness there and it's been sitting there maybe forever, you know, at least decades and, and begin to sort of attack it, you know, but I would say in a more simplistic way, I think so many people are, when you say getting started, it really depends on what, what it is, is that they are missing. You know, I did an, an event in, at uh, the Omega Institute in upstate New York. You know, I sat everybody down. There was about 80 people and everybody paired off. Each person was asked for two and a half minutes to sort of look at one of those categories. Maybe it was just, maybe it was exercise. Maybe it was new, their nutrition. Maybe it was, you know, their career. Maybe it was just to, uh, to sort of learn to relax more and, enjoy life more and laugh more and, and just sort of, uh, you know, be more present. That's kind of a thing. And so to really look at one of those categories and talk to their partner for two and a half minutes and say, basically say to them, you know, why have you ignored one of these different categories of your life? You know, and the other person was just there to listen. They weren't even supposed to talk, you know. And so after two and a half minutes, you sort of reverse your roles. And the other person is explaining which one they picked. And then again, for another two and a half minutes, go back to the first person and that person ex pretty much expresses the emotional things that come up based on the fact that it's been ignored for so many years, you know, really go a little bit deeper and then you, know, you go back and forth. And then the other and then sort of, you know, I won't go through the whole process. It'll take too long. But uh, in the end, um, you're looking at your partner and you're basically saying, OK, in the course of the next seven days, what three action steps will I take to get after this? You know, and, you know, and and they also had the option to connect with their partner after the weekend was over because, you know, it's a three day event and it's over on Sunday and then you're off to your real life. And then, you know, you can have this really great, you know, you said use the word Satori before we started recording this. But, you know, what was that that sort of on switch, that tipping point, that moment where you went, oh, my gosh, you know, people just don't have it because they don't have any accountability. Of course, I talk about accountability in my course the big picture. And so your, your obligation, if you'd like, is to stay connected with that person for the next seven days. And so the, on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you're supposed to say to them, Hey, you know, I made the phone call. I wrote the email. I went to the meeting. I, I threw out all the, you know, junk food in the pantry, whatever it is. And so I asked these folks, I said, after that first week, look, how will you continue to stay accountable with that person? You know, that sort of accountability person. And this is just one example of a lesson that we did at an event and people really liked it because it's, you know, it basically shoved it right in their face. You know, I, I've been to so many events before where I'll do a workout and then I'll do a little sem seminar based on, on, uh, on my book. And then I'll do a Q and a, take some auto, you know, take some photographs and sign some autographs and leave. And 99.9% .9 of the people that were there at that event will just go, well, that was nice, but nothing really happened afterward. Like, you know, I'll come back year after year, see the same people and they're still overweight, still miserable, and they still have a crappy job. You know what I'm thinking? Well, why do you come to these events if nothing, if nothing improves? The whole idea is to basically take in more information and make sure that there's some form of application. And, you know, getting back to your original question, how do people get started well, you know, the worst kind of advice to give is the kind that's never been asked for in the first place. So there's nothing that you and I can do to help people unless they want to be helped. And so, you know, when I look at my own experience, my own life, I was always just very curious. I hated the place that I was in. I hated being broke. I hated being out of shape. I didn't know anything about nutrition. I didn't even know. I didn't even hate it because I didn't know anything about it. But I was just eating whatever. But somewhere along the line, because I was reading books by Deepak Chopra and Andrew Weil and Gary Zukoff and Richard Carlson and John Rady and, you know, the list goes on and on and on. I was just sort of a personal development person early on because I didn't get that in school. I didn't get that in elementary school or junior high school or high school or college. It just didn't exist. You know, it was all reading, writing and arithmetic and things you didn't really need. Obviously, there were some things you needed to, to know how to do. You, knew, you needed to know how to speak to people. You needed to know how to understand English and write it. <clears throat> you know what I mean? But a lot of it just wasn't practical uh, as a person who wanted to improve their life. 
And so I had to go to an outside source and that was all these personal development books. And then certainly later on, I discovered that a lot of these people were doing seminars. You know, I mean, I went to, I went to a, a seminar called Temenos and, and versions of Est and others. And, you know, some of them were more spiritual. Some of them were more relationship. You know, a lot of, the, a lot of them were more designed for career. I was just gathering intel, gathering intel, you know what I mean? And, and, not, and I understood early on as I was gathering this intel that it wasn't going to happen overnight, you know what I mean? And as I was gathering different things from the spiritual end of the spectrum to the more, you know, practical stuff that was more about just, you know, improving the quality of my life, learning that if I ate better, learning if I exercised, learning if I, you know, started hanging around different people, because a lot of the people in my life were just too much about hanging out and partying and just, you know, doing your crap job and then kind of blowing it out over the weekend. That's, there's still so many people that still live that life that, that can't figure out why they're not, they're not living larger. <clears throat> and so for me, it was a slow burn, you know, it was like a 20 year Intel gathering process and slowly beginning to apply some of the things that I was learning and discarding a lot of the things that, you know, theoretically were supposed to help me, but didn't, didn't apply to me. So I, I was pretty good at sort of picking and choosing what I liked, what worked, what, what didn't, what helped move me forward, what didn't help me at all. And, you know, I just had to go back, it, you know, I call it personal development school. I, I was just in school. People usually go to school because they have to, because your mom and your dad, you know, pack your lunch and dress you and send you off. And then, you know, you go to first grade and hopefully you get through that. You go to second grade, third grade. I mean, think how many, there's 12 years of that stuff. And then if you want to and get, you know, move on, there's four more. And if you want to do that, there's, there's four to six more on top of that, you know, when it comes to grad school and beyond. And so for some reason, a lot of us think we don't have to keep learning anything after, after high school or college. And, you know, if there's not, if there isn't a continual learning process beyond those initial years as a child and young adult, well, there's no surprise that you're not going <laughs> to, things aren't going to improve. Because people think they know it all after high school and college. I got it figured out. I'm done. I'm an adult. I make a living, you know, but there's still this emptiness and there's this sadness and there's this depression and there's this sense that they haven't really fulfilled their purpose because maybe, you know, maybe they were doing it for all the wrong reasons or they just figured that was, that was enough. I own a, I own a, I rent or I have a car, I own a home and I make a decent living and, but still there's this sort of emptiness and if exercise and decent food have not been part of the equation, well, it's quite obvious that you're going to have some kind of physical, mental, and emotional disorder. It's just, it just is what it is because your body ages. And if you're not, you know, creating some sort of resistance, doing some kind of cardiovascular exercise, doing some sort of yoga, stretching, or Pilates, then there's going to be um, these physical ailments that can turn into physical pain that will create a, a mental and emotional state that is not what you anticipated. And so somewhere along the line, you've got to find some mentor, teacher, coach, guru, book, seminar that turns that around. And if you don't, well, then, you know, your 30s become your 40s, become your 50s, become your 60s. And then the law of, of human nature is that when you get into your early 60s to mid 60s, you blew it. You blew it <laughs> because quite often, you know, without being too cliche, quite often old dogs don't learn new tricks. It just becomes harder and harder and harder because everything is sort of your mental and emotional and physical being, your behavior, your history, everything about it means that you're, you are who you are. And it's so augured in that it's really difficult to change. Not to say that you can't. You know, not to say that anybody can. I mean, I, I, there's so many stories. You can just Google them. People decided to, you know, decided to, you know, finish, get their high school degree or college degree in their 70s or 80s. It's out there, but it's such an anomaly. It's just so rare. You know, there's not there's not a whole lot of folks who've actually had that experience. So, you know, I'm, I don't know who, who your who your demographic is with your audience, but I was in Las Vegas at the Idea World Convention. It's a it's an international fitness convention, and uh, you know, I've been I got the Jack Lane Award there last year. I was actually handed the Jack LaLanne Award by Lala LaLanne. That's Elaine LaLanne, which is the greatest name in the world. Herself, you know, this is Jack's wife. You know, Jack died at 90, 96, so I don't know, about six years ago. Uh, Lala LaLanne is 91, and we did a little push-up together on stage last year when she was 90. 
And they gave me the Jack Lane Award. And um, it was, you know, it's just, just so amazing, you know. And so what happens is you go to these events and you meet two kinds of people. <clears throat> you know, people want to come up to you and say, hey, man, I've done your program, but I'm off the wagon. I was on, I was off, and, and now I'm really out of shape again. It's kind of embarrassed to shake your hand. You know, you look at the person, you, you think, oh, okay, well, that's, that's unfortunate. I, I mean, you know, and you say, well, what do you weigh now or what's your physical state now? And they say, oh, I'm up to 230. And I said, well, you know, you look at somebody who's like 5'9". And you go, all right, well, what did you weigh before the program? Well, I weighed about 210. And I got down about 185. And you think to yourself, well, you, you, know, you know what to do. It's not like you're, you're a, a neophyte. You know, it's not like you're somebody who's completely clueless. You know what to do. You did it. You had the success. You felt better. And then something, something triggered you know, this new state that you're in. And, and I just feel so sorry for people. I think, how can you not, you know, it's like learning how to eat food and then forgetting how to eat food. Or it's learning that getting a decent night's sleep is going to just help you recover every day. And then, and then deciding that five hours is enough and you can't figure out why you're so wasted and so exhausted. And you have no energy to, to have the discipline to exercise better. You don't have the energy to get up a set of stairs, you know? And so I asked the guy, I said, well, why? He goes, well, you know, my, I had a kid, and I, or, or the next one, you talk to the next person, oh, I had a, you know, I separated from my wife, or I, blah, 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 you know, so, and what's amazing is, is that whenever people have any sort of difficulty in their life, at whatever level, something, you know, something really simple, or, you know, like flunking a test, or getting in a car accident, nobody gets hurt, or whatever it is, or something really traumatic, there's a death in the family, or your wife is divorcing you, or your husband's leaving you, or whatever it is, is that people end up just doing the worst thing imaginable to make their situation worse <laughs> you know what I mean? as opposed to like me when something rough rough happens to me man i work out like a beast you know what i mean and i say and i drink more water and i gotta get and i go to sleep and i just do i make sure that i double up on doing everything right so i can so i can get through this period of my life and so again getting back to your your original question how do you get people started You've got to be curious, number one. You've got to be willing to get into personal development school. And where do you start? Doesn't matter. Pick some, pick up the book, you know, Google personal development, you know, top 10 personal development books. They will pop up on your screen. Or you ask around, you ask people in your life that you know that seem to be doing a little bit better than you and ask them, how did you do it? How did you end up making this kind of money? How did you end up losing this weight? How do you end up finding the woman of your dreams? And just do what they did. Don't overthink it. You know what I mean? Just dive in the damn pool and get wet. All right. And then if you don't like getting wet in that pool, get out of that pool and dive in another pool. Go have an experience. Go build a history. You know, it just the simple act of doing that will change your mental and emotional state immediately. You know what I mean? And if you're not curious and you don't feel like doing that, well, then I can't help you, man. I, I mean, you know, people come up to me and say, God, my brother, my sister, my father, my mother, my best buddy, they don't seem to want to do what I did. You know, they don't. And I and I said, are they coming to you for advice? Well, no, but I, I know how to help them. I said, no, you don't. The only person that can help them is them. You know, and I'll get back to what I said before. The worst kind of advice to give is the kind that hasn't been asked for. Because with, their, with your greatest intentions, even you, Zach, with your greatest intentions, if you start giving advice to people who aren't willing to receive it, then your best intentions are received with resentment. And so here you are trying to help somebody and they resent you. Right. You're creating you're creating a wall, not a bridge. And, and for them, it feels like it's an attack. You don't appreciate me and like me for who I am. And so what that does is <laughs> that resentment creates this wall that ruins the relationship. You know what I mean? And so if there's people listening into this conversation, then hopefully, you know, if they've just had the courage to go, you know what? I like Zach. I like what he's doing. I want to listen to his podcast. Who's he got on today? Tony Horton. Oh, I've heard about that P90X or that 22-minute hardcore, or that P90X3 or, or his course, you know, Living Large. Or I've heard about his book, The Big Picture. I don't know. I don't really know much about the guy, but I'm going to listen in. Then maybe somewhere in the course of this conversation between you and I, they'll go, oh, geez, that makes sense. 
No wonder I'm stuck. I'm not doing anything. You got to be proactive. You've got to be proactive. And if you also understand that this is a journey, it takes time. It doesn't happen in weeks and months. Sometimes it happens in years and decades, but the journey is worth it because the journey is the best part. Those experiences, those interactions, those conversations, those lessons, those books I've read, those seminars I've been to, I'm building a history that will, over the course of time, because there is, of course, information, and then there has to be application. You can know about P90X. You can learn about P90X. You can, you can have friends who talk about P90X. You can see the before and after pictures. You can see the lifestyle changes. But unless you do it, and you do it consistently, you know what I mean? I mean, consistency is everything. It wasn't like you just went to school occasionally. People who went to school occasionally got Ds and Fs. People who went to school every day and paid attention and took some notes and ended up doing better. You know, life is no different than school. It's the same thing. You have to be consistent. You have to pay attention. You have to be curious. And then there has to be application afterward. You know, you have to go from bad behavior to good behavior. We are victims of our behavior. You know what I mean? We, uh, we pick our problems. We can also pick our solutions. And if you can do that, if you're willing to go through the transformation and understand that the transformation is hard and that it takes time and that it's a journey and that you have to be present and you shouldn't be so attached to the outcome and all those types of simple things that, you know, that I say all the time, then, then when you come out the other end, like, wow. And I mean, I've met so many people at summit in new Orleans last week and at, and an idea in, in Las Vegas, uh, just this last couple of days. And there's story after story after story after story with people with tears in their eyes and go, you don't understand who I was and who I am based on your programs, based on your course, based on your book. And, you know, when you and I spoke earlier, you were saying to me, you know, I'm a practical guy. I'm a lazy guy. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not overly ambitious, but I certainly know how it feels to do the work. And, and the person I am now is the antithesis of the guy that I was before I did. My sincerest apologies for the interruption, but if you're a creative professional who spends long hours at your workstation, not only is the following promo not an interruption, but listening has the potential to change your life. Because working with a topo mat underneath you at a height adjustable workstation is a game changer. Let's learn a little bit more from Ergo-driven co-founder and CEO Kit Perkins, creator of the Topo Mat. The Topo Mat is the first anti-fatigue mat designed specifically for standing desks. The real benefit of a standing desk is movement. We found bringing in this cushioned terrain under your feet, your brain just subconsciously engages and you wander around and you get that movement at the standing desk that you need without even having to think about it at all. People will come to me at an event or a panel and they'll say, I got the topo mat because of you. Even when they had a mat, once they used this one, it was a total game changer. We've just heard time and time again that with topo, we've kind of hit the sweet spot that it's the right premium quality materials and a right shape that people are actually getting benefit out of this stuff. You spend more time here than anywhere if you do creative work the way that I do. So I would rather be driving around in a Ferrari than a Ford Pinto. And I feel like this is the Ferrari of the standing mat. One of the things you don't realize is that at a standing desk, your main interface to the world, your body's main interface to the world is the ground. If you're gonna invest in anything at that Ferrari level, it should be what you're standing on. Well, my goal is that for anybody that is a creative professional like myself, that's stuck in front of a computer for inordinate amounts of time of their waking life, they're doing it standing on a topo mat. So uh, you and I, my friend, one edit station at a time are going to change the world. I like it. That's a utopian vision I can get on board with. If you're a creative professional looking for a simple and affordable way to stay active, energetic, and focused while spending long hours at your height adjustable workstation, I can't stress enough how important it is to have the right mat underneath you, which is why I continue to share the topo mat as my number one product recommendation. To learn more about the topo mat and purchase yours, visit optimizeyourself.me topo. That's T-O-P-O. And that's what I think is so important and why I've gravitated to you specifically, because I have jumped into the deepest end of the personal development pool for years now, because I feel like if a day goes by where I haven't learned something or grown in some way, well, then I need to do better tomorrow. And I found you and stuck to you like glue because it's like, oh, 
this is a practical guy. This is somebody that had his own struggles, but he just consistently does the work. And you said earlier, you know, the, my two favorite words that everybody listening that either is in my newsletter or in my programs, they know I love the words action steps. You know, you can have all the information in the world. And I've had people come up to me and say, I'm such a huge fan of the podcast. I've listened to all 117 episodes and I'll stop them and I'll say, great. What have you actually done? What have you implemented? Well, you know, I've, I've listened to all of them like, yeah, but I would rather you stopped listening. You pick one episode and just enact one thing. And I feel like that's the piece that so many people miss. And what I've also found is that when you give people a plan, and maybe this is something you've learned over the years of developing all these programs, you say, here's a 90 day calendar finish this in 90 days, they miss day 12 and they say, oh man, I failed. Well, I, you know, I'm just going to give up. I just can't do this. But the piece that they're missing, and this is what I really have learned from you probably more than anything, is purpose. If you find the purpose behind what you're doing, you define your why, missing day 12 of 90 doesn't mean anything anymore or having a bad day or falling off the wagon, whatever it is, you can become consistent because you have defined a purpose. And you said before, your purpose is to help other people find their purpose. So let's help people build that foundational purpose and start defining their why so they don't worry about the details, but they can build some momentum. Uh, do you want me to talk about purpose, Zach, a little bit? Yeah, I just I, I just want to help people understand, like, if I want to get started, what most people think is, all right, I need to I need to download this productivity app. And then let me go on to the, the, the Beachbody website or whatever. Oh, well, this I need this program for the next 90 days. I'm going to put this calendar up on the wall and I'm going to check off the axes. But in my opinion, those are all that's just the practical steps. That's just the stuff. That's, you know, that's the cosmetic work on the house, but you got to build the foundation first. And the foundation is your why and your purpose. So let's kind of help people through a couple of initial steps to actually help them figure out what is this bigger reason why I want to do all this work. Well, you know, here's the thing, you know, there's, there's two categories of people and obviously there's multiple categories in between, but I want to just, you know, kind of break it up into two major categories. And the first one is people who are in, you know, your simple survival mode. They're doing the basics, you know what I mean? From the outside looking in, you would say, hey, they're doing okay. You know, I mean, you would say that whatever their choices are were their choices, and they seem to be relatively content, you know what I mean? Because we always put on these faces that say, hey, man, everything's all right, you know? And maybe I'm not living in the house I want to live in, and maybe I'm not living in the house I want to live in, and maybe I'm not the shape that I, I'd like to be. And, you know, I know I should probably eat better, but I can't, I, you know, my excuse is that I can't afford it. Or, you know, the people that I'm around, I've known them forever and they're sort of my friends and family and I don't want to abandon them. And, but, but I'm not really all that curious about running out and meeting new people. I mean, most people after high school and college, they don't, you know, it's very rare that they meet new people. So they just kind of continue to hang around the same folks all the time. And these are the survivors, you know, the people who pay their bills, you know, they rent their mortgage, you know what I mean? They can get gas in the car. If the car breaks down, hopefully they can, you know, nine times out of 10 be able to afford to get the car fixed. You know what I mean? And they, they get up in the morning and they go to their job and, and they work for somebody else and uh, they're okay. Their job, they're able to keep it, you know what I mean? For the most part. I and mean, maybe they're staring at a wall or they're inside of a cubicle and, and they have their little moments at lunch where they can kind of, you know, whatever about life or work or sports or politics. And then Friday comes along and it's the single greatest day in the history of their life because work is over and work is just work. And then Saturday, they just savor Saturday. And maybe some people are out, you know, out and about, and, you know, going to the movies or, or going to the park and playing with their kids. Or a lot of them are just sitting on their ass and they're watching too much TV, but it's sure as hell much better than work. And then Sunday is basically a you know, the same version of Saturday one way or the other. And, and then, you know, then Sunday night, they're just dreading what Monday's going to bring. Right. And so they'll do that for their life until they retire, until they're finished. And then, you know, maybe, or maybe not, they've saved enough money to be able to go, you know, travel a little bit or, or, or whatever it is, but that's not most people, you know I mean? It's, it's like, so there's various levels of that, you know, even people who are, relatively successful financially are still surviving because they don't they're they're they've been eating crap their entire life they haven't really exercised much at all and now they're a victim of this body that they've neglected sure they got stuff they got a house and they got a car a pretty nice car and they got 
you know what I mean? Some, some solid money in the bank, but they're 65 and the thought of exercise and changing their diet is impossible. And so they're miserable. Then there's another group of people, you know, that, that sort of range and, you know, from very wealthy to maybe just, you know, have some decent income, but they're happy as can be, man. And they just, their life is so interesting and they've got such amazing people in their life. And, you know, maybe the ones that have, don't really care about money are rock climbing and mountain biking and skiing and, you know, entering 10 Ks and half marathons and marathons. And they just, they're just living so large because their emphasis is more on the physical because they figured it out somewhere along the way. Like, oh, okay. I mean, I was an athlete in, in, in high school and college and I'm going to continue to do so because I understand what that provided for me. And I don't really care about money. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to have a great job that I love. You know, maybe I manage a, a bike shop or, or maybe I'm an owner of a rock climbing gym. You know, I'm not a millionaire, but I've found the thing that I love and I've honed in on that. And maybe initially when they were in that transitional stage, they had one of those crappy jobs, but they understood what their purpose was. They never lost sight of what that purpose was. Some people just stayed a hobby or maybe it was a part-time job and others were able to make that transition so that their purpose was their career. I'm very fortunate. I mean, I was a pantomime at the pier. I was a go-go dancer at Chippendales. I was a waiter. I was a statue at Oscar parties as the Oscar. You know, I mean, I, I was a handyman and a plumber and electrician. I mean, I had every odd crappy job in the world, but I had always had my sights on, on entertainment. You know, I, when I was, I was an actor and I was an, I was a comedian. <laughs> that wasn't a very good one, but at least I tried, you know what I mean? I opened up some doors and I went through and I fell on my face and sometimes I learned something along the way. And so as I was pursuing this career as a trainer, while also pursuing a career as a entertainer, I became an entertaining trainer. You know, and so, and that's the reason why we've sold, I don't know, 11 million copies of P90X and I don't know how many, 1.4 million copies of P90X3. And, you know, all together, it's just 11, 12, 13 million copies of all my stuff. And, you know, millions and millions of downloads of, of all my programs on, on Beachbody On Demand. So, you know, I, I never lost sight of what it was that I wanted to do. And it took decades to do it. And so at some point, you know, I always tell people, well, how do you really, like, what were the specifics of how you got there? And so if I can give you one example, I was reading The Magic Lamp by Keith Ellis and, and Keith Ellis said, I want you to write down 20 things that you would love to do. Like this would be who you are, president of the United States, first man to walk on Mars, on the surface of Mars, to be a multi-billionaire. I mean, whatever, just, you know, shoot for the, for the stars on what you want to be. Like what you ultimately want to do, you know, and if it would just be handed to you, 20 things, if it would just be, this is it, this is like, you can have it, rub the magic lamp, poof, that's who you are. And so write it down. Now I want you to write down another list of 20 things. But the caveat there is you have to work for it. I mean, the work discipline and the, the determination, your work ethic, surrounding yourself with people, putting in the time, putting in the hours, putting in the effort. What would be those 20 things? Now, theoretically, they would change, right? But there would be some overlap. You know what I mean? Like president of the United States, if he was just going to hand it to you, or a billionaire if he was going to hand it to you, that was easy. But in the other category, you're going to have to work for these. And so, you know, I'd like to be an engineer, or I'd like to own my own business, or, you know, I'd like to be as fit as I could possibly be and, and run marathons and enter these, you know, and be a, a triathlete or whatever it is. And so you would look at the two lists, you'd line them up, 20 on the left, if they could be handed to you, 20 on the right, if you were willing to do the work, and begin to make some decisions. So you've got number one, president of the United States, number two, own my own business. Okay, I don't want to be the president of the United States, that'd be cool if they just gave it to me. You cross that one out, and you go, own my own business, or I'm going to keep that. Then you look number number two and number three, first man to walk on the surface of Mars. And number two in the second category would be to be as strong as I could be to be physically fit. Okay, walking on Mars, right? So your list on the left, things that can be handed to you just because you got to wish for them. 
There might be one or two things that would survive that list. But on the other side, the ones you're going to work for, there'd probably be a lot more. And so you put those two lists, the ones that were actually practical, the things that you could actually physically do, the things that you might actually accomplish. And then you have to pit those against each other. All right, maybe on category number one, at list number one, there's one or two survivors over there. You know, one would be to run a huge corporation. Hmm. To run a huge corporation or to be physically as strong as I could be. God, I don't know. I mean, I like to have both of those things, but you'd have to cross one out. And you can do this lesson over and over and over again. And the thing is, there are things that we want and there are also things that we need things that are practical, things that are impractical. But somewhere along the line, somewhere along the way, if you spend, you know, whatever, a couple hours on this, there are going to be certain things that are going to pop up over and over and over again. Now, for me, when I did that, it was always something physical. It was always something about helping people. It was always something about entertaining people. And it didn't necessarily always end up in the same order. But the same three or four or five things always came up. And ironically, you know, years later, if you really look at what I do for a living, you know, I'm in a kind of a silly guy, person that delivers fitness a little differently than everybody else. You know, I mean, I, I like being silly and wacky. I mean, people label me America's fitness clown. That's fine. I'm okay with that title, <laughs> you know, and, but, but I have an, I have a, I have a style of cueing exercises of teaching fitness that is somewhat silly, that is somewhat entertaining, that is very different. It's this, it's not, you know, sort of this fundamental rhetoric. It's more of an entertaining style of rhetoric. And I think that's partly the reason why my stuff has worked so well. And this was my process. This is what I needed to do to find my purpose. So for everybody else out there that's listening in, that, are, that who are just, they can look at themselves and go, okay, I'm not thriving. You know, I'm not, I'm not living a lifestyle where I'm eating healthy food, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and snacks. I'm exercising five to six days a week. And I have a career or a job that I love. That's not me. That's, I'm definitely not that person. So I would say write your two lists, man. Write them down and figure out who you're supposed to be. And, and ironically, there's so many people who are just purely in the survival mode who aren't even taking advantage of what they really are. They're not really pursuing their purpose, you know? And so a great example of this is, and I talk about it in my book, is there's a guy, he's a pretty good accountant, you know, he's providing for his family and, and uh, he works for a pretty good firm and he goes to work every day. But on Saturday and Sunday, he's always trying to make his way into the bicycle shop, you know, locally in the neighborhood. And he knows a lot about bikes. He's loved them since he was a kid, you know, mountain bikes, street bikes, you know, any kind of a bike. He just loves the whole, he just loves getting on top of two wheels and cruising around and he loves talking about it. And so he's got, his wife is pretty cool and says, honey, you know, you work really hard and you, you know, if you want to run off to the bike store for a couple hours, go for it. You know what I mean? And so he ends up just talking to the manager and all the employees and, and the manager finally comes up to him and says, you know, you know more about everything bicycles than half my employees would you like to work, you know, like on a Saturday or a Sunday, I could use you, you know, I mean, you're fantastic. And he went back to his wife and he asked his wife and his wife said, Hey, you know what? We, we could use the extra income. You love it. You know what I mean? Sure. If you want to work, you know, four extra days a month and, you know, just make sure you make time for me on, on Sunday or whatever it is. And so the guy goes in there and five years later, he owns the place. You know what I mean? I mean, just sort of it's like he immersed himself in, into it part-time, just a little bit. He just like, he didn't ignore it. He didn't let 10, 20, 30 years go by knowing what his purpose was and just saying, you know what, I'm an accountant and that's it. And, and I'll never have the opportunity to own my own bike store. But just because he dove in just a little bit into the shallow end, working for the, working for this place. And then they, of course he was the weekend manager and then he became, he had an opportunity. The owner said, I want to sell the store. You know, you're really good. Why don't you give it a go? You know, it was a big jump. Another perfect example is one that I had in my, in my life. Bobby Stevenson, if anybody has P90X, he's in the chest and back routine in P90X. And uh, a lot of people say he's my twin. And, you know, he's a dear friend. He has been ever since. You know, I mean, when he and I were working out in the old days, I asked Bobby, I said, dude, what, you know, and he was an actor and he was, you know, strong as could be. I said, I'd love you to be in my power 90 routines. And so, 
He goes, I've never been in a fitness video before. And he was kind of verklempt about it. I said, dude, you're going to be fine. We'll go through rehearsals. You'll do it. Right. So he went through Power 90 and then he went through uh, P90X with me. And Bobby is a is an actor. You know what I mean? And he was also working retail. And so he, here was this guy, this super fit, super handsome, super talented guy folding T-shirts all day in a retail store. You know, going off to acting, you know, doing his acting classes, going to his auditions. And he was not he was not living his purpose. You know what I mean? I mean, here's, and you know, he'd get the occasional commercial or he could he'd be in a play. He was in this fantastic play here in LA that ran for like three months. And I went and saw the thing nine times. It was just, it's just great to go support your buddy. You know what I mean? So he had this job working retail. His mother owned the store, you know what I mean? And so he, he but still he was an employee for his mom and he lived in a little apartment and you know, he had moments of happiness but he was going to his acting classes. You know, he was going to his auditions. He had the crap job, the survival job, but he was also pursuing, you know, his career as an actor. And he was very fortunate along the way. Uh, he was at, he went to an audition and there was this casting office and they said, Hey, Bobby, we really, really like you, man. I don't know if you'd be interested. I know you have this retail gig, but we would really like it if you would, if you would help manage this casting office. You know, as opposed to folding T-shirts in a in a retail store, and he said, "Oh," and he jumped on it. You know, he jumped on that opportunity, and so you know, the money was a little bit better. His lifestyle improved a little bit. This was one of the many stages of going from a, a guy that was just surviving to looking to thrive. And so, at one point, the, the it was a couple who owned the casting agency, and they came to Bobby, who had never owned anything, never you know, a small business. He wasn't a small business owner. He didn't have a degree in that. He didn't know how to do that. And they say, Bobby, we're, we're going to sell the business and we're going to offer it to you first. And I watched poor Bobby from P90X chest and back, you know, jump through hoops because he was so freaked out. Like this was a major commitment. I am now the owner of this business. I have to, I have to, you know, I have to make sure this thing is you know, running on, on all eight cylinders, if it goes over, you know, the thought of it was freaking him out, you know, and he would talk to Scott Pfeiffer. He's another friend of mine who was also chest and back, oddly enough. And he goes, I don't know, man, I don't know if this is my thing. I've never been a business owner. I think it might, you know, really slow down my acting career and blah, 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 blah. And we kept saying to him, I said, how are you going to know unless you try? If it goes to crap, it goes to crap. And, you know, I know you're a guy, you're a hardworking guy. You got a tremendous work ethic. You've been managing this place for five years. You know the ins and outs of the thing. And I said, but I'm, I'm the guy got to pay the mortgage. I'm the one that's got to, you know, do the payroll for employees. I've never done any of those sort of, sort of things. I said, so you just keep asking questions. Your dear friends are the two people who own the business. Just keep asking questions. And it wasn't hard. And he was really freaked out, but he ended up doing it. And the thing in the business is five times more profitable than it was when he was just managing it and not controlling it from, from top to bottom. And by the way, he still gets to act. He, he's got somebody else who manages it so he doesn't have to be there you know, all the time. He still gets to go on his auditions. And so now he runs the place. Now he owns the place. Now he bought a beautiful place. Now he has a really nice car. Then you know, he, he was able to ask his girlfriend to marry him and get engaged and buy a nice ring. And he, you know, he has a completely different life. And that took, that took years for all that to go down. You know what I mean? And so you know, you've got the guy who liked bikes and now he owns this, owns the store. You got, I got a guy who was an actor who was, you know, never owned a small business in his life. And now he gets to have both. And so you have to stay getting back to, you've got to stay curious. You've got to learn to say the word yes and stop saying no. And, you know, opportunities will arrive. They will emerge. They will make themselves present to you. If you're willing to take those types of chances, if you're willing to open up those kinds of doors, if you're willing to read personal development books, if you're willing to check out seminars by various people in this industry like Brendan Bouchard and Tony Robbins and, and Deepak Chopra and others, and just put down the $350 it's going to take and buy the airplane ticket and go to the hotel and show up at the seminar and learn a few things and take some notes and starting, and starting to apply those things to your life. And then what ends up happening is you become different because you've got more information and the, and the things that you used to do, you don't wanna do anymore. And the people you used to hang around with who weren't going anywhere, you don't see them as much. And you begin emerging as somebody who is 
physically strong, mentally strong, emotionally strong, um, who's willing to pursue the kind of lifestyle that you want, to have the career that you want to have, to have the people in your life that you want to be with, to be in the relationship that you want to be in. And, and, and it's a journey and it takes time, but it's doable. Any person can do it. It's anyone can do it. I mean, a C minus student with a speech impediment who had the ambition of a snail in mud in a hurricane. That was me, man. And so it's an awesome ride and it's, there are going to be some pitfalls and there's going to be some left and right turns and there's going to be some walls in the way, but you know, row, row, row your boat gently down the stream and life can be but a dream. I have spent almost 10 years now raving about how much I love my topo mat. And I have finally discovered what I now consider the topo mat of desk chairs, the Core 360. The Core 360, spelled Q-O-R, is designed to keep me constantly moving while seated in an upright and balanced position. To learn more about how it works, let's hear from Core 360 founder, Dr. Turner Osler, about why he created the Core 360 active sitting chair. When you sit badly, you sit badly for many hours a day. And that's really what the problem is. It's very hard to make yourself get up and do jumping jacks every half hour. But if you just swap to a chair that requires you to be muscularly engaged in order not to fall off, it's an easy bar to clear. For the procrastinators out there who hear all of the statistics and know how bad sitting is and it's the new smoking and they're thinking, that's something I'll worry about in a few decades, you're gonna feel the effects of having more energy at two o'clock in the afternoon or four o'clock in the afternoon that day. And that's the whole point. Your core muscles will be stronger. You'll have less back pain. All of this will make you more available for the rest of the pursuits of your life, your kids, your hobbies, your whatever. For those those of us who need to practically live in front of computers to do our best creative work, the Core 360 is going to level up your game. Keep your body moving and keep the creativity flowing. To learn more and purchase what I consider to be the topo mat of desk chairs, please go to optimizeyourself.me slash core360. That's optimizeyourself.me slash QOR360. Yeah, and I want to second, third, fourth, everything that you said. And one thing that I want to add is when it comes to purpose specifically, it took me a while to figure this out and I'm still figuring it out. But purpose to me has become my safety net. I decided I want to go out on a limb. I want to start a podcast. I want to change the way things are done in my industry. I want to help people that are sedentary all day long, stuck in front of a computer, doing creative work. I want to get them moving again and eating better and treating themselves with the respect that they deserve. And that was a big leap for me. I was, you know, just a keyboard monkey behind a computer editing TV shows. But when I defined my purpose, that became my safety net. And that was my safety net for failure. Because anybody that's been around since the beginning of me starting this program, they've done nothing but consistently read my emails every week and watched me fail over and over and over and over. But I get a little bit better every time. And one of the biggest things I had to let go of was being a perfectionist. What I learned was that I was a perfectionist because that was an excuse to not do anything. That was an excuse to not put myself out in the world. That was an excuse to procrastinate because I would say, oh, I'm a perfectionist. I can't do it until it's perfect. And I see people doing the same thing with exercise programs, with diet, with like, for example, with my Move Yourself program that I've, I've kind of... I've decided that I wanted to create a bridge between living completely sedentary and doing P90X or even P90 or 22 minute hardcore. It's like, I wanna give people that bridge where they just start moving some, they feel a little better and they say, wow, I feel good enough to start an exercise program. But people will say to me when I ask them, hey, you know, I reached out, I wanted you to join and you didn't. And they'll say, you know what? Your program looks amazing. I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I think I'm going to fail. I don't think I'm going to be able to do it. And I don't want to spend the money and invest. And to me, purpose is that safety net that allows for failure. I like it, man. I like it. So I want to be respectful of your time. And we have a few more minutes. And I have to be honest, if somebody had told me three years ago that I was about to talk to Tony Horton about skincare products, ah! I, would have, I would have said, there's no way that's ever going to happen. But yet, here we are. I got I got to ask, let's talk about your new skincare line, because I promise that I would let people know about it because 
is frankly is awesome. And I'm not into skincare beautification, not my thing, but this stuff is amazing. So let's talk a little bit about that. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it, man. You know, yeah, skincare, why in the world? You know, I've always been sort of self-conscious, uh, not always, but especially in the last maybe 25 years. I've got a little eczema, you know what I mean? Like, oh, that's fun. I love having that at 59. Also, you know, having burnt my skin to a crisp when I came out to California, I was always under the impression that, you know, the browner I was, the, the sexier I was. I don't know, man. So, but there's, of course, there's consequences to that. I didn't discover that until it was too late. And I met this guy by the name of Patrick Dockery, and he owns his, uh, his own uh, skin and hair care company down in Orange County. It's a little bit south of where I am here in L.A. And, uh, you know, I was, uh, he came to my house one day and I was on his, his TV show and I was on the cover of his magazine and we got talking about, you know, sort of what I had done to my skin. He goes, I got stuff for you. I got formulations for you because my hair is shockingly at the age of 59. I don't know. My father had a full set head of hair. My mother had, my mother had this like thick, you know, and maybe it's because we're Italian culture. I don't know what it was, but I'm very fortunate to have thick hair, full head of hair. But, you know, it's just, it grows straight out. You know what I mean? It's like a, it's like Brillo. And uh, so I had sort of a, a hair and skin issue. And we got talking, he goes, I got stuff for both. You know what I mean? I'll give you these essential oils you can put in your hair. And I can give you for this stuff for your skin that has a, you know, a really decent pH. And I go, what is that pH? Like, what does that mean? You know what I mean? And he was explaining to me that the average person has, you know, their skin and hair is about 4.5 to 5.5 pH and pH balanced. And a lot of products are just purely sold based on fragrance. And their pH is all over the place. And so people end up with oily skin or dry skin. You know what I mean? Because they got to put all different kinds of funky stuff in there to smell a certain way or feel a certain way, but it has nothing to do with the quality of the product. So, so I got talking to him and he would send me boxes and boxes of his stuff. So I was just talking to my wife, Shauna, one day and I said, Hey, what if I asked Patrick to make me a couple of, just a couple of simple things to formulate for, for my kind of, you know, cause I've got red marks and brown marks and dry spots and blah, blah, blah. It all comes with aging and having burnt my skin all those years. And he says, I got you covered. And then we made two products. Uh, one was called Workout and the other one was called Fitness. One was for your hair and the other one was uh, for your face and you know body lotion. One was sort of a shampoo. And we put it out into the world. You know what I mean? We don't have any money for media. It was all kind of social media. And people like, Tony Horton's doing skincare. Where is he out of his mind? But the reviews kept coming back. Five stars, five stars, five stars. You know what I mean? So we expanded the line. We've got you know five products now. Um, Nourish is the oil that he gave me back in the day. And it's just so great for my hair and for my skin, especially I get, I get dry and my legs get, my lower legs get really dry. My arms get really dry. And then Nourish and also the, the, my lotion fitness have just made, just done wonders for me. And so we put it out into the world and people just love it. You know what I mean? It's, it's pH balanced. Like I said, there's no parabens or sulfates in there. It's not animal tested. It's Prop 65 compliant, so it's made here in California. It's whole food compliant. And it's just, you know, there's a lot of things like resurrection plan in there and aloe and all the good stuff that you'd want. But there's also there's also science behind what it is. It's not just, you know, aloe and you know, pure aloe, because that won't work. It'll dry out a lot of people's skin. So, you know, it's really a combination of, of both nature and science. And I appreciate your positive feedback. We're getting that kind of across the country. And it's called TH Care. And you can go to TonyHortonLife.com. That's life, L-I-F-E, not live. And it's all right there. You know, another, another, another adventure that I'm obviously, too, if I could plug anything here in the last few minutes is, and you've started my course, uh, Living Large with Brenda Bouchard. You know, my wife wanted to review the course. She was actually there when we were shooting it, you know, but everything is in bits and pieces. Then when they finally got the editing and the music and all of it together and all the worksheets together, my wife did the course and she's been incredibly productive. Not that she wasn't, but it, it was just, you know, she's like, I can't believe it. I just like, I watch this. And I just want to go. I want to do, I want to be, I want to live, you know? And, and that's the whole idea. You know, we took six elements out of the book, the big picture, you know, 11 laws will change your life. And we took six that we really thought would apply to a course. And the whole idea here is to go from stuck to productive. And, and, and that's just it. Like when you, it's just, Fast and furious, yet simple intel that you plug into your mind and you're writing down the things that apply to you, the, the things that you need to do, the action steps that you need to take. And it's all right there inside of your head based on the things that you've written down that apply to you and where you need to go, and what you need to do, whatever category it is, you know. And so Living Large has been, it was a great adventure. It was so fun to work with Brendan Bouchard directly. I mean, we shot this in his house for four days. It was really amazing. 
And then last but not least, not that there's, you know, there's 22 Minute Hardcore. You can go to Tony Horton Life and get that. I know you're a real fan of that program. It's a boot camp program. It's eight weeks. Um, and there's a ninth optional, Hell Week, but why would you not want to do that? And um, that's also my wife's favorite program because, you know, she's like me, not a real fan of exercise. You know what I mean? Like, how can I get, get in and get out? And, you know, for me, I don't mind. I don't like getting in, but once I'm in, I'll do it for two hours because, you know, I'm just that because I just love the, oh, I just love starting is always a drag. Oh, I got to put on my stuff. Oh my God, huh, I'd rather just take a nap or I'd rather just continue, you know, answering emails. But once I'm in, I don't mind doing P90X or X2. Those are kind of, you know, just takes me some time. But with Shauna, it's it's like, hey, look, this is not my favorite thing in the world. But once she got into 22-minute hardcore, she's like, geez, it's just so effective. And her results were off the chain. And you don't need any stuff. You know what I mean? You really don't need, you know, a sandbag if you want it, but you don't need it. You can use a couple of dumbbells. It's mostly body weight exercises. It's boot camp, man. And last but not least is TH Apparel. And so I've had these two T-shirts that I had made, you know, I had about 500 of them and, and I'd give them away, you know what I mean? And um, one is called uh, TH Fitness and on the back it says indoor training for the outside world and the other one is TH Life and uh, it says do your best to forget the rest. And so uh, I thought, well, you know, let's finally get these things up online and we've got them on Amazon and uh, we did a quick run. We had about 450 shirts and we sold out. Like in two days, man. And so right now we're, we had no idea. I figured, oh, I don't want to make 2,000, 5,000 shirts and have them sitting around. And I was just really shocked by, by the level of uh, enthusiasm for them. We've still got some women left. We've got uh, extra small, smalls, and mediums uh, for women online, three great colors. And for the men, it's basically extra larges. Um, but if you want the T-shirts, again, TonyHortonLife.com. We're actually right after this meeting, after you and I finish, we're going to run to a place here in, in town in L.A. to see if they're going to be the ones that manufacture our shirts. Because we've had – these shirts are beautiful. They're just – they're tech shirts. They wick well. They're four-direction stretch. Everybody seems to like the shape and design. And we don't want to just slap these logos on just anything, you know. So we're going to go meet with some people here in L.A. that might be able to duplicate the shirt. Because the shirt that we used, they don't make anymore. So they think they can do it. And we're – you know, so that's it. I – I mean, I, you know, I've had 21 failed businesses, mouth guards, insoles, five TV pilots, food in 7-Eleven, home delivery food. I mean, I wrote them all down, 21. Oh my God. You know what I mean? The lawyer's fees alone would have bought a small cottage. But the idea here is, so what? You know, I mean, so what? Right now we're doing really well with, with TH Care. We're thrilled. Like finally the 23rd business is doing well. The t-shirts are selling well. You know, Beachbody handles all of those products, thank God. You know what I mean? P90X, X2, X3, Hardcore, P90, Power 90, Holococano. I mean, you know. And the last thing that I want to talk about is, is Beachbody On Demand. You know, I mean, if you're – the age of putting DVDs into a player – is not that far from your eight track tape into that player or your cassettes or your records. I mean, everything has gone digital. Everything is instant. And, and Beachbody On Demand is, is simple. It's on your phone. It's on your laptop. It's on your TV if you want. And you can go to Beachbody On Demand and sign up and you get your stuff. There's 600 workouts on Beachbody On Demand. I've got 120 of my workouts on Beachbody On Demand. It's it's direct to you instantly the minute you want to do it. I mean, P90X alone was 130 bucks. You can go on Beachbody On Demand. I think they have an offer right now where you, for all, I'm going to get the numbers wrong, but for 100, 100 bucks, you get, get 600 workouts and there's new ones coming out all the time for a year and you're also getting Energize and Recover, the, the two performance products, which is insane. It's just this, this like... I don't know how we make any money doing that, but we're just trying to get people to make that transition. Less than a year ago, 60% of our customers were using DVDs and only 40 were doing on demand. In the course of six months, that's flipped. It's this like, people are like, it's all like within six months, like, what am I doing with DVDs? What am I, what am I, you know, from the seventies, this is insane. And we think in the course of the next year, it'll be more 80, 20, you know, there'll be 20% of people still using DVDs, but, but that's the future, man. So hop on board. You have access to so much content there. It's just an absolute excuse killer. And so that's my pitch at the end. But uh, the reason why I do that is because the course 
is part of your transformation. These programs are part of your transformation. TH Care is a chance for you to sort of, you know, improve the quality of your hair and skin if you're having those issues because it's, you know, whole food compliant, because it's pH balanced, because it's it's not animal tested, because it's made in the USA. Let's support an American company here, small business. And the T-shirts, that's just a way to represent, you know what I mean? A way to say, hey, I'm a fan of Tony Wharton's philosophies and his ideas and products. And I'm wearing his, and, and the shirts are beautiful and the colors are cool. And you might want to, you know, you can all, you can get it all at TonyHortonLife.com. Nice. Well, uh, as you were listing off all those different things, I was going through all of the businesses that I failed at. And I realized I'm only up to like five or six. So I'm going to have to let you go because I have a lot more failing to do today, tomorrow, ah. and beyond, but all towards that larger purpose. So TonyHortonLife.com. That's the action step for today. I want everybody to go check out this stuff because like you're, you're the voice that's screaming in my face first thing every single morning, if it's not my children, of course. And I keep coming back for more. And if you haven't used it yet, the, the term would be enter trainer. <laughs> so you're an enter trainer. Nice. Well done. Nice you, you can have that for free. All right. Um, you're, you, because you're my enter trainer. I love it. Um, so on that note, I cannot thank you enough for taking an hour out of your day to spend it with me and my audience. It means the world to me. So thank you so much. Well, Zach, you're good people. You're helping people. And, uh, and I like you, dude. You're doing all right. So any way I can help, I'm glad to do it. Uh, thanks for having me on. I hope you enjoyed this interview with my fitness mentor, Tony Horton. If you would like to access the original show notes, simply visit optimizeyourself.me slash episode 06. And if you enjoyed this conversation with Tony, you can also listen to our other interview, which is at optimizeyourself.me slash episode 98. As a final quick reminder, if you would like some support when the new year rolls around designing the more balanced, more productive, and more fulfilling creative life that you deserve, don't forget to visit optimizeyourself.me slash optimizer to learn more about the options that you and I have to work together come 2023. Next week in our five-part series, I'm sharing one of my favorite interviews discussing how to better manage your time, energy, and attention with productivity expert Tomata Taurus. Until then, have a safe, happy, and healthy holiday season, and be well.